then, we're going to jump into our second message in our Advent series, Be Born in Us Today, focusing on renewal uh, and life, especially when it is hard and weary. But before we jump into that, I'm just curious, real quick, what is your favorite Christmas song, right? It can be a Christmas uh, carol, or it could be just a Christmas song you love to sing. Just real quick, shout out a few examples. Favorite Christmas song? Jingle Bells. The Grinch. Oh, Holy Night, Pastor Randy Thompson says. Actually, if you were to ask me 20 years ago when Sarah and I were engaged and about to get married, I would have said, Oh, Holy Night, too, but especially the version by Martina McBride. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was in this like little quasi-country phase. Right, you saw the reaction, right? There, that, that, that tells you that much, right? And uh, uh, so, Oh, Holy Night... Uh, may make your list. I know, Pastor Randy, you see that every Christmas Eve. Uh, these are some guys you don't know, but they actually had a part in writing this song. In 1843, there was a French poet who was commissioned to write this song, uh, and he wrote the lyrics, and then he had a friend uh, compose the melody. But later on, when it was found out that neither of them really uh, were Christian, the song was actually banned from use in church for a while. Up until the Franco-Prussian War in 1870, when some of the French soldiers started singing O Holy Night, or the French version of it, uh, from the trenches during that war, and then that prompted the Germans on the other side of the line, according to tradition, to sing some Christmas carol written by Martin Luther. I don't know which one it was. That would be kind of interesting to figure out what one of Luther's carols it was. But apparently, they were filled with such good cheer that they decided to push pause on the war effort, and, uh, and take uh, Christmas off so they could celebrate. And as a result of that, O Holy Night became uh, popular and allowed again in church. Now fast forward, the English version, O Holy Night, uh, became especially well-known and loved in the United States during uh, the post-slavery era uh, with the abolitionists, especially with verse 3. Here's how verse 3 goes, if you don't remember it. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. Um, now since then uh, this carol still resonates in the hearts and minds of a lot of us uh, not just because of the powerful message in verse 3 but also how the carol begins. Here's verse 1. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. As Sarah mentioned a moment ago during our big idea, um, for some of us today, uh, despite all the lights and all of the celebrations, uh, we're actually entering into this holiday season feeling heavy, uh, worn out, and weary. And uh, maybe that's true for you today, and this message and our focus today is specifically going to speak to your situation. And if it's not your situation this year, you can probably relate to it because you've been worn out, weary, and exhausted. It seems to be a common experience in the human condition, and it's reflected in other Christmas carols as well. So like this one, for example, it came upon a midnight clear. Maybe you know this one. Uh, still 
Through the cloven skies they come, this is verse 2, with peaceful wings unfurled. It's talking about the angels singing uh, to the shepherds in the fields. And still their heavenly music floats o'er all the weary world. So it seems like for Christians across time, uh, entering into the holidays with a heavy heart and a weary spirit is a familiar posture. Um, the philosopher and theologian Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings says it this way, I'm old, Gandalf. I know I don't look it, but I'm beginning to feel it in my heart. I feel thin, sort of stretched like butter scraped over too much bread. Maybe that's what it looks like. It might be, yeah, if you know the movie. He says, I need a holiday, a very long holiday. So let me ask you, like Bilbo or like those who wrote these Christmas carols, are you feeling stressed, stretched, weary, uh, thin this holiday season? Maybe it's related to a personal struggle you're having, a health issue. Maybe it's because you can't keep your grades up and you know you're close to the end of the semester or you've got some year-end goals at work and you're not sure if you're going to hit them. Maybe you just look out at the global landscape and you see war and you see natural disaster, another uh, volcano eruption. Fortunately, not too bad right now in Hawaii, but you know how natural disasters can go. Maybe you look at the division in our country and in the world and you say, how can this ever actually get better? And you're feeling just weary of it all. It's into that weariness then that this familiar passage is going to speak for us today. Let's read this out loud together. The words are on the screen. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. My guess is you're pretty familiar with that passage already. You've seen it somewhere before. Some of you may have it in art or on your wall at home, or you've seen it shared uh, on social media or as a meme. What does it mean for us to deal with a weary world um, when we don't always feel like we can fly high like an eagle? Maybe you're familiar with the American poet Carl Sandburg. He once said this, There is an eagle in me that wants to soar, and there's a hippopotamus in me that just wants to wallow in the mud. Maybe you feel like wallowing this Christmas season. Maybe you're feeling weary. When Isaiah's writing this, he's writing in chapter 40 specifically to the people of God that were kicked out of their home country and foreign land. Their temple had been destroyed. Uh, their security had been stripped from them. They were exiles in a strange and foreign land. You could say weary was the right word for them. And maybe they were beginning to wallow in the mud, wondering, will God ever hear our prayer and answer us? Will he ever deliver us? And so it's to those weary people that Isaiah writes today. And what he does is he invites us to consider how our God never grows tired and weary. And that is tremendously good news for us. 
the one who holds the universe in his hands, the one who knows each of us by name. He never gets tired out. He never gives up. He never wallows in the mud. He never feels, as Bilbo said, thin, stretched out, like butter scraped over too much bread. Instead, the opposite is true. In the long history of God and humanity, God is faithful, powerful, and true, and he meets us in the midst of our weariness and wallowing, and he gives us his strength. There's this beautiful transfer that happens. He says, come to me, give me your weariness, your heaviness, and your burdens, and in exchange, I will give you my strength and my rest. It's not like a coach on a basketball a hockey or a football team who in the midst of a hard season says, you just got to buckle down and try harder. You need to put in extra effort and maybe then you'll get over the hump. It's not like he even says, just be strong and courageous like God told Joshua as they enter the promised land. There's a time and a place for that kind of challenge. But instead, this is what Isaiah says, verse 28, the first part. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Or said a little differently, he says, don't you remember? Have you already forgotten? You see, in that space and time, uh, every king had as part of his court someone whose sole job it was to help them remember the past. It was like a court historian. Maybe you know of like a court jester, somebody who's there to just kind of lighten the mood and have fun. Like a court historian's job was to remember the victories of the past and the commitments that the king or the kingdom had made. And Isaiah takes on that sort of role with us to say, and says, don't you remember who our God is and what he has done? He is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, and he does not grow faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Isaiah doesn't come down hard and heavy and say, just buckle down, try harder, and then it'll be okay. He says, step back and recall, remember who our God is and what he has done. And remember how he takes our weakness upon himself, and in exchange, he gives us his strength. Even youths shall be faint and weary. Young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember vividly as a kid dreaming about flying. Right? Not flying on a plane, that was cool too, but I'm talking about like legit Superman, like flying up, levitating above our house. I remember thinking about being able to avoid the power lines because that seemed like a bad idea to fly into power lines, right? But I would just be up soaring over the landscape. Maybe you had that dream too. I think it's a common human dream and desire. What would it be like to fly like an eagle, to soar to heights of 10 or 15,000 feet up where some of the airplanes are flying? Just imagine what that would be like. It seems like this is a dream and a picture that God's people have had for thousands of years because it goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 19. This is what Isaiah wanted the people to remember. He said, this is the words of God himself. You yourselves saw what I did to the Egyptians. 
and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Isaiah's playing that role of the court historian saying, remember who our God is and everything he has said and done. Fast forward in today, on the other side of the cross, an empty tomb, what we can see without a shadow of a doubt is our Lord Jesus Christ is alive and well. He who came first as a baby now soon will return in power and in glory. And scripture says, get this, he will return in the clouds and one day we will meet him in the air. So that dream about flying, maybe it's pointing to something. The last day when Jesus returns. And until then, while we live in a world that is weary because of sin and all of its effects, we are not without a source of strength and help. St. Paul, familiar with Jesus and his teaching, says it this way, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Say that last line with me in bold. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Seems like Paul was familiar with this beautiful exchange where in his weakness, Jesus met him and gave him strength. This uh, exchange is depicted often in Christian art. This here is a picture of Christus Consolator, just a Latin way of saying Christ the Comforter, right? And maybe you've seen a picture or a statue like this, Jesus, life-size, hands outstretched, uh, nail scars in his hands, and what is he saying? He's saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Friends, sometimes the holidays are hard. Sometimes life feels overwhelming. But in the midst of it, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds centered on Christ and grounded in him until resurrection life. Amen.